Hey, welcome to Infuse Church Online. My name is Taylor, and I'm one of the pastors here. Today, we're wrapping up our series called Four as we celebrate our four-year anniversary as a church. And today's topic includes one of the most critical and important fundamentals when it comes to our success as a church. Essentially, the fundamental that has allowed us to grow over the last four years as a church community and will greatly impact our success and our impact for the years to come. So I hope you'll stick around to learn about what that is, how you can apply it in your own life, as well as the impact it will have for us as a church. So stick around. Today we're entering our series um, four. Um, it's the fourth part of four as we celebrate uh, four years as a church. And I really hope that you will take um, some time today to celebrate that, even if um, you're watching online, because I know some of our online viewers who like, literally don't even live in the state, um, you can celebrate as you like, clean up the house or, or whatever you do while you watch online. I know we have some people who do some cleaning, and then they tell me that they, they listen every week as they clean the house. Um, good background noise, I guess. Good vibes while you clean. I don't know. Um, or even if it's your first time or you feel pretty new here, love for you to celebrate um, because honestly, we've all gone to a party where we haven't known anybody, but there was like free food and free drinks and all that kind of stuff, so you showed up anyways, right? I mean, you've all gone. We've all probably been to a wedding or something. We didn't even like the people that were getting married, but we went anyways, right? Because there's free food, free drinks, and there's free food and not so much the drinks. Lemonade, I don't know if that counts for you, um, but we would just love for you to celebrate with us, all right? So um, today, oh no, I forgot my prop. Okay, time out, hold on. I forgot my prop, hold on. I got busy talking. Oh, it wouldn't have worked without the prop. Okay, pretend this was here the whole time. Okay, all right, here we go. Okay, so now I realize this is uh, March Madness time. Um, how's that going for everybody, March Madness? Oh, come on, I know. It's like, couldn't have uh, planned our four-year anniversary any better, uh, but I just couldn't have done it any different. I realize we have people still on spring break and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so some of you, okay, how are your brackets doing? That's what I'm asking. Brackets? Yeah, okay, one. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's what I figured, yeah. Um, uh, I uh, currently, I checked on my bracket just before um, service started, and I am currently in uh, second to last place, um, which is kind of a big deal because I said, this year I will actually participate in this. I don't really know basketball, but I will try it. But the problem is the loser buys sushi, and I don't want to buy sushi. Um, and I'm second to last. I'm kind of stressing out. Um, and, and the reason I'm last... I. I trust me on this. The reason I'm last is not because Iowa State lost, okay? <laughs> it isn't, okay? It's because um, I, I had uh, St. Mary's going farther than they actually did because they didn't even get out of the first round. And so that really blew things up. Um, and so what I took away from that, I don't know what you want to take away, but I took away is you just can't trust the Christians sometimes. <laughs> yeah, they just let you down. I thought we had a connection, a thing, but I guess we didn't. Okay. So as you can guess, we're not actually going to open uh, this, the, the, today's message by talking about um, basketball, and we're going to talk about something completely different, uh, a different sport, actually. Um, and so, in, in fact, I would like you to just begin um, by, and you can use um, the props on the stage as a, um, a helpful hint, if you will. I'd like you to fill in the rest of this quote. This is a one person in the back. Okay. Yes, this is a football. Okay. This is a football. And this is a very, very famous um, quote uh, from a guy named Vince Lombardi. 
Now, I'm not a football guy, but you um, probably have heard of him if you've ever watched the, the Super Bowl because at the very end of the game, they present the trophy, and the trophy is called the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Because um, Vince was a very successful football coach. Um, he coached the Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packer fans. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of tension in this room. We got people who are upset about their brackets, upset that I'm talking about Green Bay. I don't know if I'm going to win today. Hopefully the food will make up for it. But anyways, okay, yeah, he said, um, he, he came up with this quote called, uh, this, this quote that he would say, this is a football. And he was uh, a very successful coach, Green Bay Packers, and he won, and his team won, five NFL championships. And then they started the Super Bowl, and so including in that, he won the first two Super Bowls that ever, um, that were ever were, um, and the Green Bay Packers did. Uh, and and it, not that you have to know that to get the reference, but what I think is really cool, like I said, I'm not a football guy, but what I thought was really cool about Vince is his coaching style. And the coaching style had a lot to do with this quote right here, this is a football. Because every season when he would start um, the uh, training camp and, and, and all of the professional athletes and football players who were, you know, top-notch football players because, you know, Green Bay was the, the, the winning team in those days, um, they would all, he would have them all circle up around him, okay, and he would get up and he would hold up a football and he would say to them as if they didn't know that this is a football. To which I'm sure some of the athletes were like, yeah, that's what we do. That's our job. We know that this is a football. But what I think is so incredible about what he did and his style was that he took time every season to remember the fundamentals of the game. Because to Vince, this is a football essentially was to punctuate the fact that fundamentals matter. And so he would explain all the parts of a football as if they didn't know. He would then go on to explain the very basics of blocking and tackling and passing and, and everything in between as if they didn't know. And what I think is so incredible about this idea is the fact that when we, as like professional athletes, or, or when we get really repetitive in something that we do, or we get really good in some area of our lives, we forget or we kind of shy away or drift away from the fundamentals. And when we drift away from the fundamentals, it increases exponentially our chance of losing. Losing the game, forgetting, dropping the ball, if you will, because we've kind of shied away. We think we're too good for, we're beyond just the basics of the game. And this, this applies in all uh, areas of life, many, many areas. I was thinking about um, when I broke my, my left arm. If you've ever broken an arm, you know kind of how this goes is you get a cast, right? And then what happens to your arm? It atrophies, doesn't it? The arm gets really small, and then even the muscle, you'll tell the difference, the muscle will get even smaller. And it's not because you're not performing. It's not because, like, I just stopped going to school in middle school. No, I was still going to school, still doing good, getting good grades, that kind of thing. But my arm atrophied. Why? Because I was not using just the basic functions of the arm. I kind of just didn't because it was in a cast. Or, or maybe in your workplace or in your job, when you forget the fundamentals, when your team members or your coworkers forget just the basics of the job, it can cause a lot of havoc in your organization. Or maybe you make products and it can cause a lot of issues in your product line. Quality declines. 
Or relationally, if, if you, uh, your family, if you think about your family, if your family only gets together a couple times a year and that's pretty much the only time you talk and you're, commu- you're communicating, or maybe your family just kind of has a business type of relationship, you know, we only call when we have to, that kind of thing, what happens to your family, the relationships in your family? They suffer because you're not going back to the fundamentals of just being in a relationship that begins with like, hey, how you doing? Tell me about your life, calling you up middle of the week, not just when you get together. The fundamentals matter. And so today, I want to have a this is a football conversation. Because for the past um, last couple of weeks, last three weeks, we've been going through the fundamentals of infused church, and in all honesty, just really the fundamentals of being a Christian. And that, the fundamentals are, are pretty simple, that we are for God, we, because God is for us. We're for people because Jesus came to earth, Jesus, God, and Abad, and he, he said to all of us, we need to be for God, we need to love God, and we need to be for people and love people. That's the greatest commandment. And then he said um, and talked about how we should be for communities, and the early church was so for communities of people because what made up communities? People. And so we were so for the communities of people that surround us. Now, if any of this intrigues you or you're confused by any of that, I'd love to just go to our, our website or our app and, and watch the last couple weeks' message, and it'll make a lot more sense. But that's what we've covered, the fundamentals. We've covered the fundamentals. So for us, especially because today is our four-year anniversary, or actually Friday was our four-year anniversary as a church, um, when we were looking or when we got the ask, when somebody asked us to consider planting or starting a church, in the area, um, we essentially looked at our community and looked at these fundamentals. We looked at a community where 80,000 plus people are considered or consider themselves not religiously affiliated. That's over 67% of our county considers themselves, that was in 2010 by the way, not affiliated to any religious organization or faith. And when we looked at that, and then we looked at, hey, if we're for God, if we're for people, if we're for community, we said, hey, we should probably start a community of people for people who are not a part of the church or in in part of any faith, for that matter. And it's not that the faith people, the church people, or the Christians couldn't come. It's just that we wanted to be accessible for those people who have been disconnected in some way from the church. And, and so we started on March 22nd, 2015, we started a church for imperfect people, which just happens to be all of us, to explore faith, not that you're guilted in or you're pressured into a faith, but that when you come through our doors, we just hope that you will explore the faith, that this is a, com- a safe place, a safe community for you to explore God and his role in your life and who Jesus is and the implications for your life, to explore faith. And by the way, even if you're a Christian, myself and maybe you, we still have a lot of exploring of faith to do. This isn't just a disconnected from church or not religiously affiliated exploration. This is all of us. And then to find community, that you would be surrounded by a community of outlandishly loving, authentic people, that along your journey of exploring faith, that you could do so in a judgment-free environment where you get to know people and go through life together. And so that was our goal. And we started, and since Starting, we've grown by over 675%, which is really awesome. And what, what's behind that number are people's lives who have been changed, baptisms that have taken place, stories that you can watch and hear online on our Facebook account or our website, and, and, and community impact. And I could go on and on, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. 
So today, I essentially want to say, hey, this has been going really, really well. This, the fact that we have embodied those principles of being for God and for people and for our community has been going really, really well. But there is one fundamental. In fact, I would like, I hope today to use as much persuasive power as I can for the next 25 minutes to convince you that there is one more fundamental that is so critical, that is so important for us, not in just how we got here, but will be so critical on determining what our future as a community of people looks like, essentially the hinge for our future. Now, before you tune me out um, because you think these are just Christian fundamentals, because I get it how, you know, you could think for God and for people and all that is just kind of more of a Christian thing, I just want to let you know that fundamentals aren't just church things. In fact, this fundamental that we're going to talk about today isn't just a church thing. This is a thing thing. For example, without this fundamental that we're going to talk about today, if you are a, a saver, if you put money away in your retirement or, or whatever you have going or uh, Roth IRA or whatever that is, which I hope you do, um, without this fundamental, your 401k would be nothing more than just a checking account. If you look at your company or the business or the organization that you work with or work for, without this fundamental, the future of that organization will eventually decline, stagnate, then decline, and cease to exist. If you are a parent, or maybe you're a teacher, without this, this principle, when you try to instill value and you try to teach and those kinds of things, without this principle, there would be no success in raising kids or teaching kids and trying to better their lives. And so my hope today is that you would not only pay attention to the last four principles or the last, four or the last three fundamentals that we talked about, but especially today, you will see the importance of that and then how you can, at least if you would like, be a part of the future of Infuse and engaging in this primary principle. Now, I'm not going to share with you the principle. I'm going to let Jesus um, share with you the principle because um, we are um, Jesus followers. We're Christians, and that's kind of the difference maker for us. Um, and so I'm going to let Jesus introduce the principle to you. And Jesus made this principle pretty clear in a really, really big way, in fact. And he did so not at the beginning, though he kind of talked about it, not in the middle, though he kind of referenced it, and we'll look at that, but at the very end, in fact, the very last thing that Jesus said before he left this earth. This is the point at which Jesus highlighted this principle. And if, if you've ever been in the, in the uh, very uh, meaningful moment of someone's last words, you know that they tend to be significant. Like, I love you. I care for you. I'll miss you. The last words that you speak to someone are so significant. And they are, I think, in this moment. And that fundamental is essentially comes in in the story that Jesus, or excuse me, the, the moment in time, this, this statement that Jesus is about to say, we actually have a name for it as, as Christians. Um, we call it the Great Commission. We call it the Great Commission. And now, if you don't know what the Great Commission is, I don't blame you at all. It, it took me until I got to seminary. I grew up in church. It took me until I got to seminary before I heard or at least remembered the fact that 
this thing even exists, this great commission. So earlier in the series, we talked about the great commandment, the most important thing you're supposed to um, remember and live by. And then Jesus leaves us with the great commission, this thing that we're supposed to do, this principle that we need to embody and keep front and center. And so essentially one day Jesus is wrapping up his ministry. He gets up on the top of this mountain, okay, and he's looking down at all of his disciples, all of his followers, okay, and then he gives them his last words. So here's what he says. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28. He said, then Jesus, Matthew said, then Jesus came to them, the disciples, and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. This is a pretty big statement. Essentially, you can think about it this way, um, at least in our terms. If you've ever watched the news, or you've ever seen an interview with someone on TV, they always put like a little caption at the bottom of the screen. And essentially it says, hey, so-and-so is a, you know, Democrat, a representative, or a Republican, a senator, or whomever the person is, right? And so when you read that little caption on the bottom, you may not recognize the face or the voice, but because of what that says, you know that it is worth you paying attention because you understand who this person is and the authority that they have. And so essentially this is Jesus' way of putting that subtitle for what he's about to say, saying, listen, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. That's a really, really big statement. Pay attention. And then he goes on and he says, therefore, now that you're paying attention, therefore, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Now, this word disciples is not something we use a lot in, in vernacular today, though if you grew up in church, you might be familiar with it. But essentially, a disciple is a student of, a follower of, a disciple looks to the one who's leading them and says, hey, how do you handle that situation? That's how I'm going to handle it. A disciple is someone who looks at someone and says, hey, how did you treat that person? Oh, that's how I'm going to treat that person. And so Jesus says, I want you to go out and make disciples. Now here's the catch. Who's he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to his disciples. So essentially he says, disciples, I want you to make disciples. Or to make this really simple for you, I brought a handy-dandy whiteboard along, and I'm just going to draw this up here. Even though you probably understand this completely, I just want to make sure that we got disciples over here. And Jesus says, hey, to the disciples, I want you to go out and make more disciples. Now, guess how this works. This is the ingenious part of what Jesus did. If you're a disciple, oh, wait, what are you supposed to do again? Make disciples. Oh, fantastic. And so now we have this infinite loop of, oh, disciple, I make a disciple. Oh, now I'm a disciple. Oh, guess what I'm supposed to do? I'm supposed to make a disciple. And who and when am I supposed to make these disciples? Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, not just the nations you like, that you get along with, that you're comfortable with, all of them. And then, once you've made a disciple, what's the first thing you do? You baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's what we say when we baptize people. If you're here at the end of the month and we do baptisms, I'll say into the person's ear, hey, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. So you make disciples you baptize them and you teach them. And I'll just be honest, like side note, some of us get this really confused. And I understand when we grew up in church, you're exposed to Christianity in some way. We think we have to learn it all 
and then we get baptized? That's not Jesus' model. Jesus says, you become a disciple, you decide to follow me, you decide to follow me, and then you just get baptized. Then you learn. You don't have to have it all figured out when you get baptized. So if that's kind of been holding you up in this idea of getting baptized, don't let it hold you up. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to make a decision. And you'll know in here, yeah, you know what, I have decided. I haven't got it all figured out. I haven't learned it all. Guess what? That's okay. You have the rest of your life to learn, to obey, and to follow the commands that Jesus gave to love God and love your neighbor. That's what you're supposed to do. Disciples make disciples. Disciples make disciples. Essentially, Jesus in, uh, introduces us to this idea of multiplication. And you're like, yeah, Taylor, I learned that back in elementary school. You absolutely did. But this plays an incredible role in our lives. Because without multiplication, what's your 401k? A savings account or a checking account. The reason that there is value in a retirement fund is because it what? It multiplies. It grows. And at the end of the day, you may have twice as much, three times as much, four times as much as you originally put in. If your company or an organization does not make more clients, what's going to happen? You're going to fall apart. Parents, parents, if you do not instill in your children good values, do you think your kids, what is the chances of your children passing along to their children good values? Not going to happen, or at least it's very unlikely. But if you multiply your values, teachers, if you multiply into your students good values, what tends to happen? They multiply those values out. And it has an incredible impact, not just in your classroom, but for years and years to come. I'm sure all of us have, have, have a teacher maybe in our minds where we say, you know what, that teacher made a difference in my life. I loved going to that class. I learned so much. I remember for me, it was my business 301 class in college. It was awesome. Taught me so much about um, business, and, and I just, I couldn't eat it up enough. And the professor, he was really tough, but I enjoyed every single moment of that. And it has impacted both in church world, who knew that business principles could apply even in church world, um, but in everything that I've done. And then infuse. listen, without this principle, we would still be 12 people in a coffee shop. It's not an exaggeration. We would still be 12 people in a coffee shop. Here's how this plays out. I'll give you one more diagram just to make sure you get this, okay? If this, this is you, and I realize I'm probably not going to draw you. Here, I'll put, if you're a guy, I'll put a little muscle on you, okay, or something. Don't want you to feel bad, okay? But you are looking very skinny. I mean, look at how beautiful you are, Okay. <laughs> Okay, so this is you, okay? Now, if you go out and make a disciple, you got one more you. This person's a little shorter. I don't know why, but that's just how it turned out, okay? Okay? And then, ooh, what if you made two in your entire life? What happens? Oh, now there's two. And now what if they do that? And some of you are like, hey, I remember this from like, middle school algebra class or something. Um, and I know these stick figures look unhappy, but I promise you they are very happy to be on this whiteboard, okay? Yeah, 
it has a multiplication effect. Now, one person has made two, and two people have made four, and four people make eight, and it expounds and expounds and expounds, and who knows? And you want to know how the church is now the largest religious um, uh, group in the world? It's this, this principle that Jesus taught. You want to know how we've grown 675%? It's this. And this is not hard, because I get it. You could be like, oh, Taylor, I'm not a pastor. I don't know as much as you. I didn't go to seminary. I totally get that. Listen, I didn't go to seminary. Um, like, I remember starting seminary. I was like a pastor just like a few months after starting seminary. They made me a pastor. I don't think that was necessarily wise, but they did, okay? And I got to busy doing this, even though I didn't know a lot of the things behind how to actually do it. But essentially, the principle was this. At least this is how I began to live. I just multiplied what I did. Or for you, multiply what you do. Multiply what you do. Think about this. If all you do thus far in your relationship with this church community is come on Sundays. I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all because that's literally a great first step. Just saying. If you just multiply that. In other words, you invite one person. Maybe you invite two people. Guess what happens? What if we have an average attendance of about like 100 people? What if everybody just would invite one person and they would come to church and begin attending? That's right. You guys are really smart. You would double. Okay. Are you with me? Are you awake? I'm not even sure. Okay. You would have 200. Okay. Just making sure, right? Uh-huh. That's how it works, right? And, and if you served somewhere, you just take multiplying what you do. Maybe you just serve. You, you greet at the door. Hey, you know what? What if you just found one more greeter? All of our First Impressions team leads would be like, you guys are the best. Because they wouldn't have any missing people anymore. The production people in the back, they're just like borderline desperate right now. I just feel so bad for them because there's only three of them running three positions, which means they have to be on every single Sunday. Guess what? If we just multiplied one time over, then there'd be six. Yeah, very good. Yeah, you're getting it. Okay, this is excellent. Yeah, yeah. What if you serve in a local nonprofit? It doesn't even have to be the church. You serve somewhere. What if you just got one more volunteer? Do you think that organization would be grateful? Absolutely. Do you think it could multiply what they do? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I remember one Sunday at Infuse, back when we were in the coffee shop. I can't remember. It was maybe middle of the summer. We started in March, middle of the summer. Okay. And I talked to, on one Sunday, I talked to um, a husband and a wife. Okay, I think it was like maybe a Friday or something like that. I talked to them and I shared like, hey, this church is starting. We're in a coffee shop. It's, it's pretty great, um, you know. And, and they said, hey, well, well, we'll check it out sometime. And I'm not exaggerating. On a Sunday morning, I checked my email. I was getting ready to go to service. Okay, at that time, we had to load it all into my SUV. Okay, that was church. This did not ha- exist, by the way. This would not fit. And we all got into the highlight. Okay, so, and I looked at my phone. And essentially, they said, hey... We're coming, and we're bringing our whole family, which was like plus or minus 20 of you with kids, something like that. Okay, fantastic, okay? And they all showed up, and I'm thinking to myself, we don't have room. (laughs) We're at a coffee shop. Guess where we put the kids? Eventually, the kids were meeting out in the parking lot, okay? Over, there was like a 10 by 10 tent. That's where our infused kids was meeting. I'm not saying it was safe. I'm not saying it was wise, okay? But that's what we had to work with. That's what we did. 
And why was that possible? Because somebody just multiplied themselves out, and somebody multiplied themselves out, and it just makes this incredible exponential impact. I don't know, honestly, as of yet. We've gotten close some days that we've ever had that many new people at Infuse other than that first year on that one Sunday. It was pretty awesome. And Jesus taught this principle all the time. He didn't directly say it, but he referred to it all the time. Another good example of this is what's called, and you may be familiar with it, the parable of the sower, essentially, or the story of the sower, that before there was John Deere, you would have to go out in the field and you'd have a bag of seed and you'd just throw it out. Best of luck, it'd just fall everywhere, okay? And then, and this was like, this is an image of, of, um, of a field um, that looks lovely, doesn't it? And you would go out and you take the seed and you just throw it everywhere. And some of it would fall on rocks, some of it would fall up in the paths up there, and some of it would fall on good soil. But you look at this and you say, you know what? This does not look friendly. This does not look fun. I would rather move to Iowa, not farm in Israel. I'd rather live in Iowa because they got great soil and, and, and because when I plant a seed, what happens? A plant grows that produces so many other seeds. But where you and I get caught up, even if you're like new to the whole faith thing, the Jesus thing, where we get caught up, even as a pastor, we look at this and we say, that doesn't look fun. That looks harsh. That looks difficult. So we don't do it. And you know this as well as I do. If you don't, you won't. If you don't at, try to plant the seed, there will be nothing to harvest. And I'm just saying, growing up with a health teacher, I got this principle all the time, right? If you don't eat your veggies, you're not going to grow big and tall. And I don't know about the big part, but the tall part certainly happened. Yeah, you got to eat your veggies. Or maybe you as parents have used it. If you don't get in the car right now, you won't have fun for a year, okay? I don't know. That, that's you. Or my personal favorite, if you don't brush your teeth, you won't have any. That's a great one. Some of your parents are like, wow, is that your parenting style, Taylor? No, it is not my parenting style, but I'm just saying that's the principle, okay? If you don't, you won't. But the contrary is also true. If you do, guess what? You will. It will take sacrifice. It will not always go well every time you try. It will take investment. It will take money. You will have to improve and you will have to grow. But if you sow, if you multiply, some of the seed will fall on good ground and it will exponentially grow. As the story of the parable goes, it will grow 160, 30 times which you originally planted. If you do invest in a retirement fund, it will grow over time. If you have clients who make clients who make clients, your business will grow. If you invest in students who grow, they will have an impact on the other students in your classroom and they will grow. In this series, if you're for people, if you're for God, if you're for community, your community, the people around you, will grow and benefit. And maybe your first step is to just be a part, an active part of a church or invite someone to be an active part of a church. Because if you get these fundamentals down, if we get these fundamentals down, you will see growth. We will celebrate life change. Because if you do, you will.
And if you don't believe me, or you don't believe in the whole Jesus thing, I completely understand that. But if you do, and if you are at all hesitant, I just want you to just look at this last single verse, one sentence from Paul. Paul the Apostle Paul, Christian killer turned Christian maker, church planter, and everything in between. And by the way, his story was, I, I, I literally reread the story of Paul just this week in preparation for this, and it's like, in verse 1, he was mumbling uh, death threats against Christians. And in verse 18 or 19, he was going around after he got baptized telling people about Jesus. I mean, this is just an amazing, amazing story. And Paul said, here is my model. Here is my model. I planted a seed. Some of it's going to fall in good places, some of it's not. That's not really the point. The point is that I'm going to just plant the seed. I took the risk. I took the challenge. I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to get to know my neighbor. I'm going to get to know a friend. Or my friend says, hey, I've been really looking for a church community. And you're like, hey, come be part of my church community or check it out. At least try it out once. That's all I ever say. Just try it out once. If it's not for you, you don't have to come back. It's really fine. But if you don't try it, you won't know. So plant the seed. Take the risk. And see what happens. But then we get stuck. Because we don't, right? We look at the field and it's not very... It's a harsh environment. We don't really want to. But if we don't, this is what happens. When our friends come along, or Paul's buddy Apollos, in this example, comes along, he said, I planted a seed, Apollos then watered it. If we don't plant the seed, Apollos ain't going to have nothing to water. Apollos can be watering all day long, and nothing's going to grow. But if we do plant the seed, guess what? Our friends, our community can come and help us. It creates a culture of multiplication. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. If you don't, it won't, but if you do, then something incredible happens. Because now Paul and Apollos together have created an environment where people can explore faith and find community. And in that in-between, in that creation of that environment, in this step of faith, in this sowing of seed, in this attempt to make disciples, God has this incredible way of coming in and making it grow. And that has been the story of Infused Church. That, that we just plant the seeds, we try to water it, and we leave it up to you. It's your decision. We're not here to guilt or force you into anything. We just think we've stumbled upon something incredible. Life, now and everlasting, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your work environment, and it brings growth, and it changes lives. And God comes in, and we get to watch it happen all the time. God comes in and makes a difference. Now, if you're still not sure, I want you to watch a minute and 30-second video of essentially one of the, I think some of the clips are literally from our first Sunday as a church, Okay? And I don't want you to focus on the boyishly looking, no goatee person in there, okay? Just look at it. And not that a video can share everything, because all you're going to see in this video is a physical change. But I promise you, underneath this physical change that takes place, that's brought us from then to now, has been this principle, has been God making things grow in incredible ways. So check it out, and then we'll wrap up.
reason that is possible is because our model is to multiply. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you haven't been apart long enough to know that. But if we multiply, if you do, if I do, we will. That's how it works. That's a principle of multiplication. We can go from a couple kids in the very back of a cafe to a fun and exciting environment for kids to grow and to come to a faith of their own. And for adults to come to a church community and be welcomed authentically and relationally, to have coffee and sit down and have a practical message that they can take home. And even if it's been your first time through this series four, it's a little bit different than what we normally do. But, but this is so important because it is the fundamentals. It is the this is a football kind of a thing that makes or breaks this church community. Our model is to multiply. And it's not just on each of us, though it begins with each of us. Over time, it can become if we do, we will. And when we all do it, it will never end. It is just a uh, you know, ball rolling down the side of a mountain. The inertia of it, the movement of it will take it of its own force and create an impact that none of us really can imagine. We didn't know what it was going to look like when we started. As I've shared many times, I remember standing out front looking out the glass at, at the Coralville Strip um, when we first started, and we had a couple people in the room, and I'm like, oh, Lord. That was a desperate prayer, by the way. Oh, Lord. What have I gotten ourselves into or gotten Stephanie and I into? I wonder if this is going to make it. But day in and day out, we have followed this idea of multiplying, being for God, for community, for people, and just multiplying that out. And I was going to share a lot of other things, but what was really neat this morning, um, there was a teacher from Tiffin Elementary School. She was here, and we got to talk. In fact, we talked for 20 minutes this morning, um, and so I didn't get time to even rehearse the message, and, but it was such an awesome conversation. In fact, it was so awesome. I said, listen, today's our four-year anniversary. Would you just stick around and come up here and say what you just told me up in front? And she said, no. But, <clears throat> and that's okay. I don't blame her. But here's what she said, and I am not exaggerating. This is a direct quote. She said, um, it is incredible what you all have done. I can't think of a single teacher or staff person here at Tivin Elementary School that doesn't so appreciate everything you've done. You have been so for this school. And it makes a difference. And we are so grateful. And I suspect there, that she has some church background um, because she then said, in my opinion, you represent what the church should be. That's her quote. You represent what the church should be. Now, I don't know what the future holds. I really don't. But if we can at least keep our eyes on that idea and then multiply it over and over, if all of us walk out these doors and try to multiply that over and over, then when people look at us, they see a city on the hill, a light in the darkness, a group of people, and they say, wow, they're just so loving and kind. They're just so for everything that they get involved in. And they're so compassionate and forgiving and kind. And we just multiply it. Because I know if we do, this is an unprompted conversation. We just got to talking about teaching, in fact. That was the whole, and then she just brought this up out of the blue. If we do, we will. If we do, we will. And it will be difficult. It has been very difficult 
so far, and it will continue to be difficult individually for each and every one of you and for myself. But if we don't, we won't. If we don't, we won't. Another way, and I ask this once in a while, but another way to look at this is to just ask you to consider who, who, not what, but who hangs in the balance of your decision to multiply? Who hangs in the balance? What friends of yours, what family of yours, hangs in the balance of your decision to go in, and even though it may look like an ominous, you know, challenging, uh, you know, just, it's going to be difficult. You just know that going in. They may turn you down when you invite them. They may say no when you ask them to serve with you. They may, you, you may not want to personally risk investing financially in a plan and percentage way. You may push back against all that stuff. But when you are hesitating, ask yourself, hey, who hangs in the balance of my decision to not only just be for God, for people, and for community, but then to actually multiply that into the lives of others? Because if this church community or your Heavenly Father has made a difference in any small or big way in your life, don't you think it's worth sharing that with the people around you? Not because you want to pressure them, but simply because you're for them. That you're for them. That you're for them. In your programs and over there on the uh, table, if you didn't get one of these, and this is what we've been doing for the last three weeks, to just think about what you're for. And maybe some of you have been working on this, and, and if, this is, um, if you have it or you just kind of forgot or whatever, there is still a chance to work on this. But essentially it comes down to this. I just hope that you will think about what you're for in your life. But here, here most of all, what I hope today is um, even if it's a risk, even if it makes you uncomfortable, to grab one of these cards or honestly any card. Use a connection card if you don't have one of these cards. You just put, I'm for multiplication. I'm for multiplication. And you just hang it up on that uh, fence in the back with a clothespin to say, you know what? I don't know where my faith journey is going quite yet, or I do, but I know that this church community will make a difference. And at least on that alone, I am willing to multiply that out. And maybe if you're a Jesus follower, you would say, you know what? I have to really recommit myself to not just making sure I feel good and I'm taken care of, but you would say, I am going to multiply this out to other people. Because, as I just talked about, if you, all of us, including myself, we went out and we invited one more person, double. If we all looked at our financial situation or what we currently contribute to the church and the ministry here, and we said, you know what, we're just going to double it. I'll be honest with you, I've never heard someone come up to me and say, you know what, I just decided to uh, give faithfully and uh, double what I give, triple what I give, and I've just gone broke. Never had that happen. But I guarantee you, it will make a difference. And if you don't, if if you think another organization would do a better job, then give it somewhere else. That's fine. Or maybe you would say, hey, I just want to love on the people next to me in my neighborhoods. 
in, my, in the marriages that I have a little voice into, that you would contribute, you would pour into that, and you would multiply the love of God into that. Imagine a time, if you can, when we as a church have so bought into this idea of multiplication that we as a church would multiply. When we would look at other communities and say, you know what, our community's been so blessed by this church, I think it's worth us as a community starting another community in that city. Maybe it's called Infused Church, maybe it's called something different, but we as a church would multiply. Not because we hope to get bigger, but because we're for people and we're for community. You see how this works. My friends, this, if we can get this, this is great. But there's a lot of churches that get this and don't do anything about it. But if we get this, this will make the difference four years from now. You and I will be able to look back and look at where we've come and say, wow, imagine if we had it. Imagine who would have hung in the balance and be left uncared for if we had it. So my prayer, and we're going to pray now, but my prayer is simply this, that we would take all the blessings and everything we're capable of, we're currently doing, and we just multiply it. We'd pass it forward. Very simply. That we would be for that. Let me pray for us. If you bow your heads, close your eyes, we'll sing and get you out of here. Heavenly Father, my prayer is simply that we would look at our lives, look at our hearts, look at our church community, look at our faith, and we would say, Lord, I want to multiply everything. I want to pass forward everything that I've been given. So Lord, I just pray for each and every one of us that we would, in our hearts, authentically and honestly commit to that. And if we're not comfortable, that's okay. But if we commit to that, that you would come into those environments just like you did for Paul and Apollos and you would make things grow. Because when we do, you will. When we do, you will. Help us to trust in that. Give us the strength and the wisdom to live that out, not just for the next week. That we would set reminders on our phones, we would set reminders in our prayer requests, or whatever, however we pray throughout the week, and we would just commit to that and actually live that out. Living out being for God and for people. And honestly, Lord, in that way, we would best honor the last four years as a church community and set an incredible path forward for us as a community in the future. Lord, we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.